0: Now, the reasons an owner may be motivated to sell, the most common reason would be they're distressed in some form. So, something's happening in their personal life or something's happening at the property that makes them no longer want to own it.
1: Best ever listeners, where are you going to be on February 22nd and 23rd? I am visualizing that you're going to be in Denver, Colorado, because that's where the best ever conference is, and that's when it is. February 22nd, 23rd. Go to besteverconference.com. And even put in Take 5, so you get 5% off your ticket. So that is T-A-K-E and the number 5 whenever you purchase your ticket. And buy now because ticket prices go up weekly. So go to besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference, the agenda, the speakers. We've got an incredible speaker list. Focused on commercial real estate. So that includes five plus units if you're in multifamily and you're going to get a lot of value from this conference. Go to besteverconference.com. It's the third time we've done it. It improves every year and we have raving reviews. I'm not just saying it, ask people who have attended every year. Besteverconference.com. Enter take five, T-A-K-E five when you purchase your ticket and get an extra 5% off. Ticket price is going up weekly, so get it today. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School, and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing enjoy this episode and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the apartment syndication school go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes
0: hi guys every listeners welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how to's of apartment syndications. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air a two part podcast series about a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of these series, we will be offering a document or spreadsheet or some sort of resource for you to download for free. All these free documents, as well as the past and future Syndication School series, can be found at syndicationschool.com. This episode is going to be part three of what will likely be a six or an eight-part series entitled How to Find Your First Apartment Syndication Deal. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to parts one and two, which aired last week. In part one, we discussed the difference between the two main types of deals, that is an on-market deal and an off-market deal. And then we quickly did an overview of some of the factors that will ultimately win or lose you a deal. And then in part two, we talked about how to find on-market deals through commercial real estate brokers, as well as provided a few tips on how to eventually have those same brokers send you their off-market opportunities. In this episode, part three, we are going to talk about finding off-market deals that's part three and part four. We're going to go over 10 ways to find off-market deals. And in this episode, we're going to talk about one way, which is probably one of the most popular ways to find off-market deals besides sourcing those through broker relationships. So as a refresher, off-market deals are not massively listed by a broker. So really, the only two ways to find off-market deals, not necessarily actual strategies, but just high-level The ways you find off-market deals are either speaking directly with the owner of an apartment community or by speaking with someone who knows the owner of the apartment community. So last week when we talked about finding off-market deals through brokers, the deal is, I guess, technically listed by a broker because the owner is represented by a broker. But since the brokers are the ones who know owners they might send you the deal before they mass market it to the public. And so that is you know, kind of is hybrid on-market, off-market, but we're going to consider that an off-market deal. And of course, there's other people who also know owners, and we'll dive into that in part four, so tomorrow's episode. But for now, just the main point I want to make is that the, really the only way to find these deals are either to speak directly with an actual owner or to speak with someone who knows owners. So all of your off-market lead generation strategies should be focused on reaching out to owners and reaching out to people who have a relationship with actual owners. That's really all you should be doing. Anyone that doesn't necessarily know an owner should not be pursued as it relates to finding these off-market opportunities. So in this episode, we're going to focus strictly on, as I mentioned, one of the most common ways to find off-market deals and that is through direct mail campaigns. Now, as I mentioned last week before I get into the strategy, when you're starting out, if you want to, you can just focus on cultivating relationships with brokers and underwriting deals that are on market. And then hopefully, you know, after six months to a year, after you close on a deal, they can start sending you their off-market opportunities. However, again, it's based off your preference, you can also proceed to off-market deals right away from the get-go. Or you can do a combination of both. At the end of the day, it's really up to you and is based off of the market. If you're able to find solid deals that are listed by brokers, then more power to you. But if you're having difficulty finding off-market deals that pencil in, then maybe it's time to add in one of these 10 strategies we're going to discuss. And one of those should probably be a direct mailing campaign. So for those of you that don't know what a direct mailing campaign is... Essentially, it is where you send out a batch of letters in the mail to apartment owners directly with the purpose of having them reach out to you and ultimately you negotiate and put their property under contract. So the main parts of the direct mail campaign are going to be the list, so who you're mailing to, as well as the actual marketing piece, so what you're actually sending to these owners. And then how you approach screening their phone calls. So those are kind of the three things we're going to talk about in this episode. How to create your direct mail list, how to create your direct mailing marketing piece, and how to screen incoming phone calls. So for the list, if you remember back in series number six, where we selected a target market, one of the exercises you performed was the 200 property analysis exercise. And I believe there's actually a free document that we provided that was the template for that exercise. And essentially what you did in order to have a better understanding of your market on a street-by-street and neighborhood-by-neighborhood level, we had you pull data on 200 actual apartments. Not necessarily apartments for sale, but just apartments in the market. And looked at things like their rents and their occupancy levels, and when they were built, how much they sold for. And one of the things we did was actually record the owner's information. And I mentioned that that list would eventually be used for a direct mailing campaign. So now it's eventually. And you can start off by mailing to the owners of those 200 properties. Now, before you actually mail those properties, you want to kind of run through that list and make sure that those properties meet your investment criteria, which we talked about in series number 11. So if you don't know how to set your investment criteria or you haven't done so already, make sure you check out series number 11 at syndicationschool.com. But essentially your investment criteria is what you're going to use to initially screen out deals because obviously there's a ton of cities. you got 50 states in the US. You can't look at every single deal in every single state. So of course, one of your investment criteria is going to be the market. But then once you actually select a market, there's going to be all different types of properties that are listed for sale. Some that are Class A super luxurious, other ones that are Class D very distressed and has a lot of problem tenants. So another part of your investment criteria is going to be your investment strategy. So you're going to be buying these turnkey Class A properties, or you're going to be focused on distressed Class D properties, or you're going to be somewhere in between. So things like that are what you're going to want to use to screen out the deals as they come in from brokers as well as use that criteria to build your list. In this case, since the list is already created and at least you've got 200 properties, you're gonna to wanna to go ahead and make sure that you screen out any of those deals that don't meet your investment criteria. Now, once you've either exhausted that list of 200 apartments or you've mailed to them in tandem with that list, you can create an additional list. You either do it yourself, manually going on the appraisal or auditor websites and pulling owner information on properties. But that's going to be a little bit difficult depending on where you live because you're not going to be able to easily screen out the properties because you're either going to have to manually go through each individual property, which is going to take you forever to do, or you'll be able to download a list, which is ideal. Hopefully they let you download a list. If that's the case, then it'll be a little bit easier to screen out some deals, but it's not gonna be perfect because the data that the appraisal or auditor site holds is not going to be comprehensive. Which is why a lot of people who do direct mailing campaigns will build a list using some sort of online service who specializes in building these types of lists. Examples of such sources are things like list source, direct mail tools, open letter marketing, So those are three websites that you can go to and you can essentially input your investment criteria and it will build you a list of all the properties that meet your investment criteria, including the owner's name and address. And for most of these websites, you can actually send out your direct mailing campaigns through them. So you can create your letter and the type of letter, envelope, frequency, and then go ahead and pay them to do that for you. Another option is to a comprehensive full list of the apartments in your market from a local title company or from your real estate broker. I know for me, I have a very solid relationship with a realtor in Cincinnati who sends out direct mailing campaigns on my behalf for free. And she sends them to whatever property I want. So at the time I was looking at fourplexes. So I was just sending them about the fourplexes. But if I went back to her and said, Hey, Can you start sending them out to 100 unit apartment owners? It would just be a couple of clicks in her MLS system and she'll be able to send those out. Not every broker is going to do this for you. I had a personal relationship with this person for multiple years before I even asked that. But that's just another option. It's actually going to be the cheapest option because you won't have to pay for the realtor or the broker will pay for that. But your best bet is either going to be to manually create the list if your markets auditor or appraisal site... Allows you to download a list that has enough information that allows you to, one, screen out any deals that don't meet your investment criteria, and to obtain the owner name and the actual address. Now, sometimes, the owners of a loved department is going to be an LLC, and if that's the case, in order to determine who the owner of that LLC is, you can go to the Secretary of State website and look up that LLC, and again, depending on the state, you might have to do a couple of extra steps, but at maximum you'll have to find the articles of organization and the person's name and address and maybe even the phone number will be included on that document now the types of properties that you want to mail to in addition to ones that meet your investment criteria in order to maximize your conversion rate will be to reach out to owners who are motivated to sell for one reason or another now the reasons an owner may be motivated to sell the most common reason would be they're distressed in some form So something's happening in their personal life or something's happening at the property that makes them no longer want to own it because it's too much of a hassle. And if you find them at the right moment, they may be motivated enough to sell you their property off market. Other reasons why they might be motivated to sell that aren't distressed is maybe they're at the end of their business plan. So if you're going to do the value add investment strategy, then most likely you're going to have a defined hold period. So maybe the plan is to buy the property, stabilize it by the two-year mark, and then hold on to it for five years in total and then sell. So if, for example, you are a value add investor, maybe you'll buy a property from someone who is a distressed investor. So they buy a super distressed property, they turn it around after five years, and then they sell it to a value add investor who does extra renovations and increases the NOI even more. Also, they might have implemented a different business plan. Maybe they bought a property that you added value to, but they just bought it and cash flowed it. After five years, they're ready to sell it, and now you have the opportunity to actually implement that value-added business plan. Or maybe they're just targeting another investment. I was looking at a deal here in Tampa, and the reason why the owner was selling was because one of their last multifamily properties, and they were liquidating all their multifamily properties and moving into some sort of, I can't remember what it was exactly, but it was some sort of retail type property. So an owner can be motivated for many reasons. What's important is determine how to actually find these motivated apartment owners. And so I'm going to go through a list of all the different ways. It's not going to be an exhaustive list, but it's going to cover most of the different ways to identify these motivated apartment owners. So one's going to be driving for dollars. So when you're driving through your market, keep an eye out for properties that are showing signs of distress. So with poor landscaping or that are poorly maintained in general. Maybe they have a rent special sign because they're having trouble maintaining their occupancy rates. Just kind of keep an eye out for apartments that look like the owner may be interested in selling because of issues with the property. And add those to your list and send them a letter and see what they say. Another thing you can do is you can look up apartments with recent evictions. Since evictions are going to be a pretty big headache, maybe they're motivated enough to sell their property at that time. You can typically find the list of evictions on the county clerk's website. Similarly, building code violations or delinquent taxes, people facing health code violations, owners facing foreclosure, people that are late on their loan payments, people that have liens on their properties, people that have tax assessments that went way up that year, These are all things that can also be found on a city website. Also, out-of-state owners. Now, this is more relevant to smaller multifamily that are more likely to be self-managed. But still, if someone is owning a large apartment community out-of-state, they're more likely to neglect that property than someone who's living in-state. So if you mail to out-of-state owners, you're increasing your chance of finding a motivated seller. Here's a pretty cool creative strategy. Go look up the properties on apartments.com, which you should have done while you were doing your 200 property analysis. And if you remember, one of the columns was about the profile picture. So, if you find an apartment that doesn't have any pictures or only has a picture of the front or the pictures look distressed, then you might have had a motivated seller. Because if an owner just did a super high end, fancy renovation of their property, then they're going to have a ton of pictures to show off that to potential residents. Whereas, if they don't have any pictures of their units, they're either lazy, which could be a sign of distress, or the units aren't very appealing and they don't want to show them to people. Both of those are signs the owner may be motivated to sell the property to you. Another example would be expired apartment listings, which you can get a list of that from brokers. Also, you want to look at properties that are likely owned without debt. So these are properties that are maybe bought over 30 years ago or uncertain of these list building services, like Source, you can specify properties that are owned free and clear. They may be motivated to sell because of the fact that they've held on to the property for a long time, and also it'll increase the chances of them accepting some sort of creative financing. So for someone who maybe lacks the passive investor capital, they want to reach out to properties that are owned free and clear so that they can get some sort of seller financing or master lease. I said owners facing foreclosure already, I believe, Section 8 approved properties. Are another potential motivated seller. that may be sick and tired of dealing with the residents or kind of the red tape involved with collecting rent, or it may be an opportunity for you to go in there and change it to non-section eight to increase the rents. So again, there's a ton of different ways to find motivated apartments. That's just a list to kind of get your mind thinking of different ways to identify these types of opportunities. But once you have your list of motivated owners, the next step is going to be to actually send them a marketing piece. Now, as I mentioned, you can either kind of do this yourself, so literally print off a bunch of letters and put them in envelopes yourself, stamp them, write out the addresses, write out the return address, and then stuff them all into a mailbox, or you can use one of these list building services who also will send the mailers out for you. Whichever strategy you decide on, the way to create the marketing piece isn't really gonna change. So there's a lot of variables for the different ways you can make your marketing piece. You can have a different message, frequency at which you send these letters, the actual type of letter, so the type of paper, the size of the paper, the color of the paper. Same with the envelope. No envelope or having a big envelope, small envelope, a black envelope, a white envelope, a yellow envelope. There's a ton of different variables. So one of the best ways to kind of maximize your direct mailing campaign is to A-B test these different variables. So once you have your list, send out at least three different types of mailers. So maybe one's a postcard. Maybe one's a handwritten letter and then maybe one typed up letter. And send those out in equal amount. So if you've got 1,000 different names, send out 333 of each letter. And then make sure over the next few months you record the response rate as well as the conversion rate of each of those letters. Now here are two examples of what the actual message on the letter can say. And these have been used by actual apartment investors to find off-market deals. And when I read these, you'll tell the difference between the two and which one you should use will be based off of your current experience and background. So template number one would be, dear recipient name, I am the acquisition coordinator for ABC Company. Our portfolio consists of over a 1,000 apartment units, all acquired within the last 10 months. With one of our principles based in your market, we are looking to expand to this area. We are familiar with your apartment complex, ABC Apartments. And we would like to discuss purchasing this property. Please reach out if you would like to discuss further. My email is your email. And my cell phone number is cell phone number? Sincerely, Theo. So, obviously, this letter would be used by someone who actually owns apartment communities already. Tablet number two would be for someone who doesn't necessarily own any apartment communities yet. But people on their team do. And they would say, Dear recipient name, I am interested in purchasing your apartment community. Are you interested in selling? I currently hold a portfolio of apartments similar to yours and am looking to add more. Please contact me at your earliest convenience so we can discuss the sale of your apartment community. Call me directly at blank or email me at blank. If you are not interested in selling at this time, please accept this inquiry as the highest compliment to your investment. I look forward to hearing from you. Sincerely, Blank. technically, I guess for both of these templates, you need to have a portfolio or someone on your team, your mentor, or someone who's sponsoring the loan or your business partner. We need to own some sort of multifamily real estate. But the keys to both of these messages are, number one, to express your interest in buying their property, and two, telling them that, hey, I am experienced, which in turn shows them that you are able to actually close on the deal. Cause at the end of the day, if they're going to go through the process of sending you all the financials, talking to the phone, negotiating, allowing you to through their property, they're going to want to know for certain that you can actually buy the property. So if you've never done the deal before, they're not going to be very confident in your ability to close. Which is why you're going to need to leverage the experience of your team. So for example, instead of saying our portfolio consists of over a you know, thousand apartment units, you would say, I have a partner, who technically could be your mentor, owns this many apartments. My property management company has been in business for this many years and manages this many apartments. I've got someone who's sponsoring the loan, who has this experience. And essentially just leverage your team that you built. And that's why you built that team. You can even mention your thought leadership platform if you want to. So again, the keys to the letter, and you can use those two templates verbatim or kind of tweet them based off of kind of how you talk and how you write. But at the end of the day, the keys are to, one, express your interest to buy their property so they know, like, hey, this person actually wants to buy my property is not just reaching out to tell me how great my apartment community is, and two, to show them that you are actually experienced and able to close on the deal. Now, hopefully, after a couple of weeks, you start to receive phone calls from interested or non-interested and angry owners, and you're going to want to put together at least an opening line for once you receive these phone calls. So a good script that's been used by again active apartment investors who've closed on off market deals is to say they call you and say hi, my name is Theo Hicks. Thank you for responding to my letter. As I said in my letter, I work for a group of investors, ABC Acquisitions. We were driving around your neighborhood and wanted to know whether there would be any interest in selling. Now at this point, the person will respond in a handful of ways. Number one, and you'll probably Tell this before even saying your script is they are going to be very angry with you for reaching out to them. That will happen, so be prepared. And if that happens, then thank them for their time. And when you hang up, just remove them from your list. If they ask to be removed from your list, remove them from your list. If the caller is polite, this is probably the most common, they're going to be polite, but they're not interested in selling at this time then don't just hang up. Try to find out a little bit more about why they won't sell to see if you can identify some sort of potential pain point. And at this point, you can leverage, if this is one of those properties from your 200 property analysis, you can leverage the picture you took of something noteworthy to leverage during that conversation. So for example, maybe you drove by the property and saw that the roof was really old or something. Then you can kind of leverage that as a potential pain point of, hey, is actually what you would say about that, but you just mentioned I drove by the property and saw that the roof was kind of old. You know, when's the last time the roof was replaced? I've so asked them questions about that. And maybe they'll be like, oh, you know, it's, haven't replaced it in a while. It's cost too much money. We've had some occupancy issues. So we haven't been able to afford to actually replace the roof. So that's a perfect way to identify a pain point. If after kind of finding out why they won't sell and finding a little bit more about their property and their business plan, if they're still not interested at this point, you can thank them for their time and hang up. But don't give up just yet you want to send a follow-up letter, thanking them for their time again, and essentially say thank you for your time and thank you for speaking to me on whatever date they called you. As I said, I work for ABC Acquisitions. I am going to follow up with you on insert a date a few months in the future, and I look forward to speaking with you then. And then on that date, give them a call again to see where they're at, see if they're still not interested in selling the property, but make sure that you reference that first conversation as well as that letter when you call them again. The whole idea with this strategy is to build rapport with them. So maybe they're not going to sell you the property on the first call or the second call or the third call, or maybe even at the fourth or fifth or sixth call. But eventually, if you keep building rapport with them, maybe they sell you their property eventually, or maybe they say, hey, I'm not going to sell you my property, but since so I know you so well, I've got a buddy over here who owns a property next door who wants to get out for specific reasons. Here's his phone number. So this could be called direct or indirect mailing campaigns because... You might not necessarily get a deal directly from the person you reach out to, but it might be some sort of friend of a friend type of situation, which is why you don't want to just give up when someone says they're not interested. You want to keep pursuing that relationship, building that relationship, and I hopefully over time either buy their property or buy a property from someone that they know. Now, if they are interested in selling their property, slam dunk, congratulations. This is probably going to be not as uncommon as someone getting angry at you. Hopefully that's the least common But people are more likely to not be interested than they are interested. But if they are interested, congratulations, you found a potential deal and you'll want to extract some more information about the property. So four questions to ask them are going to be number one, and again, you don't have to ask them on the actual phone conversation, but eventually this is the information you want to gathered from them is number one, what type of CapEx projects have been completed since they acquired the property? Two, when did they purchase the property? Three, why do they want to sell? And four, what is their desired sales price? So those are kind of four questions you're going to need to help you with your underwriting as well as kind of how you're going to present your offer. And of course, in order to actually underwrite the deal, you need your hand on a trailing 12-month profit and loss statement as well as a rent roll. So ask them for that, have them email that to you, and make sure you're kind of staying in constant contact with them about that deal. And from there, you're going to submit an offer, and we'll discuss the process of that underwriting and submitting an offer and moving forward. But again, the idea is if they're not interested in selling and angry, then take them off their list. If they're not interested in selling and they are polite, figure out why they don't want to sell, hang up, send them a follow up letter, and continuously follow up with them on a, every three to four to five to six months until they sell you the deal or someone else that they know sells you a deal. And if they are interested in selling at that time. You want to get your hands on a profit and loss statement and a rent roll. Now to finish up, just kind of four more things I wanted to talk about as it relates to these direct mailing campaigns. I've kind of already mentioned this, but you want to focus on building rapport with these owners. Unless they instantly say, yeah, I'll sell you this deal. I need to sell it. I'm going to get out of it as soon as possible, which is, again, can be very uncommon. They're likely not going to want to sell for some reason, and it could be because they wrecked their property or because they still know you. So if it's the latter of the two, Then you want to build a rapport with them so that they trust you enough to send you the information and ultimately sell you the deal. So to build rapport, the best way to do that is to speak in terms of their interests. So figure out what it is they want and then try to talk in ways that let them know that you're there to give them what they want by buying their property. Number two is going to be you want to consistently send out mailers. You're not going to see great results your first mailer. You might, but... More than likely, it's going to take a few months for you to gain momentum and see any promising results. And so when you're first starting out, pick a frequency at which you're going to send out the mailers and commit to that system for at least a year. So the plan is to send them out every week, then send them out every week for 52 weeks. Every month, every month for 12 months. Every two months, every six months, whatever it is you pick stick to that for at least a couple of frequencies. If it's a weekly, then do it for a year. But if it's every six months, then you're probably gonna be doing it for a few years before you see any results. So consistent mailers, pick your frequency and commit to that system. Number three, and this is kind of like a creative twist on the direct mailer, is if you're finding that a lot of owners are either not responding or a lot of people are calling up saying they're not interested in selling at this time, then a tweak on the mailer is instead of asking to buy their property, Invite them to your meetup group. So we talked about that already in a previous series about a meetup group being a part of your Thought leadership platform. So in the letter or during the phone conversation, after they're saying they're not interested, say something like, hey, I have a meetup group that's focused on adding value to apartment investors. The next meetup group is going to be in two weeks. And we're going to do a presentation on the 10 ways to increase the net operating income at apartment community. As an owner of apartment community, I think this would be very valuable Would you be interested in attending? Again, once they come, build a rapport. Hopefully, eventually, something comes out of that relationship. And if not, you've made a new friend. You've got a new person attending your meetup group. You'll learn from an active investor. And then kind of like overall, the last thing I wanted to say is that this entire thing is going to be an iterative process. So you're going to try things out. Maybe they work perfectly the first time, but more than likely, there are going to be some issues. Then you're going to tweak it, send out mailers again, see how that goes, Maybe it gets a little better. Same thing with conversations. Maybe your first script is terrible and everyone hangs up on you after your opening line. So you tweak a little bit and then maybe you get a little more traction with the owner. Eventually you'll have the perfect letter and the perfect script and the perfect list. But it's going to take time to actually get to that point. So that concludes this episode where you learned about the two main ways to actually find off-market deals. And that's either speaking directly with owners or speaking with people who know owners. So we talked about the number one way to find off-market deals, which is the direct mailing campaign. And we talked about how to make a list, how to find motivated sellers, how to make your marketing piece, how to handle incoming calls, as well as kind of the overall keys to creating a long-term successful direct mailing campaign. That concludes part three. In tomorrow's episode, part four, we're going to discuss nine more ways to find off-market deals. And these involve talking to both owners directly as well as people who actually know the owners. So to listen to the other Syndication School series about the how-tos of apartment syndications, including parts one and two of this series, as well as to download all those free documents, make sure you visit syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow.
1: Best ever listeners, best ever conference. That's where you want to be, February 22nd and 23rd in Denver, Colorado, Put in the code TAKE5, T-A-K-E, and the number five to get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices go up weekly, so by today, besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference at the website, all about the speakers. You can read about them and what you will experience when you're there, besteverconference.com. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount property investors. Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.